You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge sports fan. I start every morning by listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast, and I never miss a Reds game. So when it's time for me to grab a gift for the sports fan in my life, I check out Fanatics. They have everything you need from the best teams, the favorite players, and all the stuff is good. As a memorabilia and autographs collector, I trust Fanatics. But here's the best part. Fanatics always has some kind of discount going on. From free shipping to 50 to 70% off some items, you're going to get a great deal every time at Fanatics. So check them out using the link in the show notes or from my podcast website and help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Welcome to the second season of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Today's episode features Rebecca Lieb of the podcast Ghost Town. But before we get into that, check out the new theme song from Kid Mental. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back, just as day. Come on in, listen to Hello and welcome to season two of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. We are back. Really excited to be here with you all. I hope you enjoyed the new theme song. Kid Mental, who produced it, is incredible. You should all go follow him on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you need theme song, if you need sound effects, whatever, the dude is just a wizard. He is incredible. So uh, I found him on Fiverr. (laughs) Shout out to my new sponsor, Fiverr. Um, And if you're going to book him, please use the link in the show notes to get to Fiverr or on my podcast website, and I'll help the podcast in the process. Before we go into today's show, some new things. Now, obviously, you'll notice that <laughs> this sounds different. Uh, there's some changes. I, I worked very hard in the offseason to make the show sound a little different, sound more like what I want it to. You know, the first season was really more about kind of getting this ball rolling and, and building on this idea. Now that it's established, I want this show to sound like what I envision, and, and that's what we're working towards. There is a new podcast host. People who are on the Patreon, shout out to Patreon, uh, know that already. I switched from last year's uh, host, Anchor, which is great. If you're starting out, they have a lot of good things about them, to um, a a new host called Transistor, doing some cool things with that. It is now part of a podcast network that I am working on building. If you are a young podcast looking for some tips, for some partnerships, reach out because there is availability on the network. Uh, Shameless Podcast Network. Shout out to the new network, Shameless. New, (laughs) I'm using a new software system uh, to record. I'm still learning that one. You'll hear in today's episode, Rebecca, who is the the guest, she sounds wonderful. And and for whatever reason, issues with the recording was all on my end. This is not like last year where, oh, the sound quality. Like this one actually was, there was something going on with the recording. I'm still working on that. Hang with me. Uh, that'll probably be consistent at least early on as I do some trial and error and figure out what I can do to get that better. 
but you know there is new software that once we get it you know completely up and running and working well it is way better than uh, the sound quality on zoom so that's going to be a good thing all of that is awesome new sound effects new transitions all the great things you're going to hear all that on this episode before we get started again with this episode one quick shout out i mentioned this before on it on last week's special episode but if you did not listen to the specials that's cool i don't fault you about that at all I am doing an amazing, amazing event coming up called Rock Bottom Storytellers. The first one will be on January 27th at 8.30 Eastern Time, debuting on the Choose Your Struggle Facebook page, also on my YouTube, uh, which is just Jay Schiffman. Go subscribe there and you'll see it. Subscribe to both of those. I'm trying to get it up on LinkedIn as well. That's been a little bit more difficult. But essentially, four storytellers will be telling their rock bottom story. Uh, you know, if you've heard me talk, obviously, uh, you know what that means. And three of them are voices that you'll be familiar with. Frederick Chagog, who you guys, I'm sure, know and love from his episode. Michelle Kui, who is amazing as well. And one of them coming up is Alex Kaplan, who will be on uh, an episode coming up soon. He was uh, the guy who put on Of Substance, which was a special episode a couple of weeks ago. If you didn't hear that one, go back and listen. It's pretty incredible. All of them will be telling their story as well as an amazing newcomer named Cynthia, who you are going to love. January 27th, 8.30 Eastern Time. Now, this week's episode. Rebecca Leave is just amazing. Her show, Ghost Town Pod, which she does with her uh, co-host Jason, is always on the top list for true crime, paranormal, that kind of thing. I love them so much that I am a Patreon supporter, which we talk about on this. It's just a great show. It combines comedy and true crime and paranormal at times. I mean, it's it's just one. It's a wonderful show. Uh, I I don't miss an episode. They have two that come out a week. I make sure I catch both. I look forward to them both. Rebecca is a comedian. She's a writer. She's a producer. She has a very funny past, which you'll hear as she tells her story here. Now, even funnier connection. I, when I was younger, went to a Jewish summer camp called As Rui. It's up in Wisconsin in the town of Oconomowoc. And I loved it there. I really had a great time. I went for four years and was sort of tried all their different, you know, stuff. They have different, you know, you can go to different parts of the camp. <laughs> As is the case when two Jews get together, like Rebecca and I, we start talking about, okay, who do you know? How is it? Because the Jewish community isn't large. And so the odds are that you know someone who's overlapped with someone, blah, blah, blah. You know, six degrees of Judaization, right? The Jewish geography, as we say. It turns out that Rebecca and I overlapped at Osirui. She's from Wisconsin. She also went to Osirui. She's only a couple years older than me. Not only do we overlap, but we figured out that the parts of the camp we went to, like, we probably met each other. Like, that's how close this was, which was very funny to us. That part's not in the recording. We, we were chatting before we recorded, and we're just, it just blew our minds that we probably knew each other. Really enjoyed chatting with her. We got into some very funny topics into some, some deeper topics, into some uh, not-so-funny topics. <laughs> really great chat. I know you are going to love this episode. Reach out afterwards. Tell me what you think about the new format. You know, if there's something missing that you liked about season one, you know, if, if there's something that didn't quite come together enough. Although, remember, this is only episode one of this season, so I am still figuring out some of the bugs. Let me know and, and, and definitely check out the sponsors. I'm really excited about having uh, Fiverr on board or about having Fanatics on board. Um, really great to welcome them to the team. 
uh, and having uh, Mountain Maid, of course, returning. Let me know what you like about the new Mountain Maid ad with my wife. She, 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 <laughs> we actually recorded like five minutes of conversation. And of course, my, my dumbass lost it all except for those 20 seconds. So that's why that part is in there. Not that I don't think she's good in that part. I think she was great overall. Um, I'm just mad that I lost the rest of it. And great to have uh, Four Sigmatic back as well. Just let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out on the social media, which you'll hear me shout out later in the show. Reach out on my website. And please share the podcast. Uh, a lot of work has come into making this uh, sound the way it does for season two. I'm very proud of it. Check it out on Patreon. Do all the things. But most importantly, enjoy the show. Ever since Mountain Maid CBD founder Mike Passion came on the podcast way back in the beginning of season one, I've been lucky enough to call them a sponsor. And I say lucky because I love CBD. I preach about it to everybody. Mountain Maid is the best in the game. They've got lower than the federally compliant level of THC, so it ships nationwide. But they've got enough THC that you get the entourage effect. It's the best of both worlds. I love their boost. It's a 10 milligram chewable. It's orange sherbet and white tea leaf flavor. It's fantastic. I take a couple of them throughout the day and it's got me feeling pretty good. If you want to start the morning on a high note, they've got Build. Build is a 50 milligram quick release tablet to take it with your coffee. You get it going in the morning and you feel great throughout the day. At the end of the day, they've got Recover and Recover is a 25 milligram chewable. It's mango flavored. It's got magnolia. It'll leave you feeling pretty nice at the end of the day. My wife and I even picked up their dog chewables, which our dog loves. She's got anxiety. She's a rescue dog. And just one of Mountain Maid's chewables leaves her feeling pretty good. But here's the thing. Don't just take my word for it. I turn my wife on to Mountain Maid and she loves it. So let's hear what she has to say. Mountain Maid is the only CBD I have ever loved. The only CBD I've been willing to purchase over and over and over again. And I don't see that stopping. So go to mountainmadecbd.com, and when you check out, tell them Choose Your Struggle sent you. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review, or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. My fans know, because I've talked about your show before. In fact, uh, you guys did a shout out to my show at one point, oh, yeah. which was very nice of you. And I've talked about Ghost Town before. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of my favorites. I'm a big true crime and, you know, uh, the sort of paranormal and all that kind of stuff, which we'll definitely talk about. But, you know, from my understanding, at least, I've only listened to the show for about a year and a half, two years, but you've been doing this for a while. What yeah. brought you from comedy to yeah. to ghosts and right. true crime? And I think this is the part where I tell my my full story too. I may have missed the cue. Please. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's weird because I think growing, I grew up uh, again as a Jew from Milwaukee. Um, my parents, my parents are both attorneys, and now my brother is also an attorney. And they did a lot of like, they used to do like crazy medical malpractice law. So I always had like things in the basement, like giant poster boards of like horrific like medical crime scenes, <laughs> which I feel like had a lot more, um, just kind of got me in a place that I didn't realize maybe till later after years of therapy. Uh, so I was always around a lot of uh, lawyerly people. I was always around kind of evidential uh, uh, like poster boards and binders and boxes of things and like 
my mom loves like sci-fi and true true crime to a lesser degree, but she loves a lot of like mystery sci-fi. And she got me kind of into that, into like the Twilight Zone was, is like a, like a, you know, really important show in my family's culture. (laughs) Um, But yeah, then I kind of grew up and kind of rebelled against that a lot. But I still loved, like, I remember being on a family vacation and reading Helter Skelter while everyone's at the pool. (laughs) Like, that was like where I was at. And even, um, so I went to high school and college and grad school. And even my grad school thesis was very like true crime oriented um, I was always just really fascinated by that stuff. And there's a lot of different theories as to why that is or whatever. But so during all that, I did Second City in Chicago and um, did some touring with them, came out to L.A., uh, was broke and had no idea what my life was. So, of course, naturally, I spent hundreds of dollars, probably thousands on improv. So I did that for a very long time. I was on Herald teams um, at I.O. and UCB and Sketch teams um, and just kind of worked odd writing jobs until I worked for a blog, unpaid, of course. Um, and someone from that was like, I have this job that I can't take. I have this job opportunity that I can't take. And I was like, yes, anything. At that point, I was tutoring, tutoring, uh, just tutoring period, uh, just anyone for like very low tutoring rates. You think nowadays tutoring is very like, oh, you get 75 to to $100 an hour. That's amazing. For me, it was like 30 if I'm lucky, you know, like this hustling, tutoring kids in La Cunada, my car on fire on the way there. And I was like, yeah, you have a jo- what job? You got me a job. Uh, this is a friend of mine. He is a game show producer and he's looking to add like funny writers and probably like coded like funny writer women because it's like the quotas too, or it's again, it's a whole, that's a whole different issue. But I submitted a packet. I got into the game show world as kind of a content writer, uh, worked my way through that. And then on top of that, of course, like devouring true crime, writing scripts, doing, um, odd freelancing work, uh, for all sorts of publications. Again, anything that will pay me or not, I I guess I didn't discriminate. So I, yeah, I did that. And then I stopped doing improv because, you know, I was in my thirties and like, you know, I, I didn't want to be that person at the bar who's like 47, you know, sipping on like a rum and diet Coke um, at the IO West bar. So I was like, shit. Okay. So I started getting to stand up and that was really fun too and felt a little bit more my thing. And I had a podcast at that time called Boss Bitch, which was very fun, which is such a labor of love. <laughs> like it was me and, and one of my really good friends. She's hilarious. Her name is Lindsay Harbert. She's also a TV writer. Um, and we just put our heart and soul into this podcast. We were like, we're going to interview women. We're going to empower women. We're going to get all different types of women's stories. We're going to talk about women in history. We're going to talk because we're both kind of history buffs too. Um, you know, uh, and we are also you know, not, I think part of it too, is that I was never, I went to art school for undergrad and grad fine art for grad school. So I I think that also the approach to podcasting and telling stories was also very new to me. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people think that I'm like a broadcast journalist, which as you know, listening to our podcast, not the case, the furthest (laughs) thing from that. Um, But anyway, so I had this great podcast. We loved it. It went nowhere in that like it was a labor of love that we did for about a year and a half. And then we were like, we should probably like not do this because it's cost. It felt like improv again. We're like, we love this, but it is expensive. 
So we stopped doing that. And then my friend Jason, who I was on Herald teams with and have worked with, we wrote a couple pilots together like 10 years ago or something like that. He's like, hey, I know you like this stuff. I'd also been a tour guide within the whole tutoring jobs. This is a, this is a real full <laughs> landscape of my life. Um, you can stop me if need be. But I was a tour guide and then I did my own true crime tours as as part of my birthday every year. I do a different part of the city and it would be like, not just true crime, but it'd be like, what is Rebecca like about this part of the city? And it became kind of a thing. And that I would do private tours for friends who are in town or and get eventually get paid for it, which is, again, anytime I get a check in the mail for something like that, I'm like, well, I guess I am living my dream. Holy shit. People <laughs> give a shit. That's incredible. Um Anyway, so he was like, I know you love true crime. He was, he went to a couple of my like true crime, like kind of birthday bar crawl history, true crime things. Let He's like, let's do a podcast about this stuff. He was, he was a very like urban exploration type of a person. And I was very like history, true crime, haunted stuff. And I had a show at Dynasty Typewriter called Haunted too. So I was kind of branding myself um, without even really knowing it in that branding myself. <laughs> God, fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, I use the term that I hate most just now. But he was like, let's do this podcast. Let's call it Ghost Town. We'll talk about all these things week to week. It'll be great. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, I already had this podcast. It was like so much in my life and I loved it so much. And like, what makes you think that this podcast is going to be any different? And he's like, mm. I mean, I was a YouTube star for like 15 years at age 48. Maybe I know something about this. And I was like, okay, okay, let's try it. So it's been incredible. The feedback we've gotten, it's been a gift, um, again, to make money doing something that you would have never even imagined is absolutely insane. Well, I, so thank you for, for all that. It's really interesting <laughs> to hear all that de- that went into developing this sort of persona, this person yeah. that, that you are. One of the things that I liked about the story you just told is that you, this was like a thing in your family. Right. I mean, so which is the complete opposite from from what I, you know, I'm thinking back to a year plus ago, year and a half ago, when my grandfather, unfortunately, was in the midst of passing away. I'm sitting in his house. So our whole family is around kind of being there and I'm reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark and which is a wonderful book Incredible. for anyone who's who likes true crime or even just psychology uh, michelle mcnamara just absolutely knocked that out of the park Insane. and my mom comes over to me and is like why the fuck are you reading this right now mm-hmm. and i was like because it's a good reminder that in this horrible moment like there's bigger you know kind of there's worse shit like the, there's a lot going on out there and she's like i couldn't i couldn't even take that you know yeah, it's it's I and that I get that. You know, like that is normal. Her reaction is normal. <laughs> we are not normal. Like there's this, the catharsis that comes through, yeah, delving into that. And I think it's it's like intrigue and it's like your placement in the world um and and figuring out like oh, there's so much mystery to life and so much fear and anxiety inducing things. It's like, yeah, to to read that and to see her go through that process, not only writing a book, but solving a crime and doing it at the end, like succeeding is very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And, and, you know, her work was incredible. And I think that that's one of the coolest things about, you know, there are some true crime or again, paranormal, because you guys kind of do all of it. You know, you've talked about ghosts, you've talked about actual crime. I mean, all of it, but there are some, the one thing that I had to stop listening to in true crime is people who are, 
I would say police apologists. You get so many true crime. It's the same pattern every time. You know, it's blatantly a murder and the cops yeah. decide not to open a case because he just she just left for work. She'll be back. And then and then they go, well, you know, cops have a tough job. And it's like, why is it so hard to even say, yeah, they bungled the shit out of this one? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's it's, it's our culture around police um, and and kind of honestly, like institutional um institutions around like that. Like, I feel like I hear a lot of stories too about firemen and police and, you know, politics and politicians. And it's like, you're caught in this system and we can do better than this. Like, it's not hard to do better than this, right? Like, let's not. And also, I feel like cops and all the stories we tell on the podcast that involve police, which are many, um, they're always like pretty overwhelmed. You know, it's like, can we train them to not be racist and or overwhelmed all the time like this is their whole job why are why are people on (laughs) blogs solving this (laughs) that is such a great question and that was uh not what i was going to ask but i would love your thoughts on that why is it it's not yes michelle what she did was like a cut above i mean she is you know no one else should try to be michelle mcnamara because what she did was a once in a life it's unhealthy right don't be her but She's not unique in that some of these things have been solved, yeah, not infrequently by people who are doing this for fun. Yeah, people care. Those people care. I think the the main thing is obviously not training or not the background, but the interest and the ability to critically think within that interest. And if that goes further and beyond, like a trained investigator, like holy shit, we are doing something wrong, you know. Like, and I hope that at some point. You know, with the resources that everyone has to like things can work together. Like you, th- you look at you know a, a kind of a muckraking true crime documentary, and it and it leading to a case reopening, and how like it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> like right. it shouldn't be like an HBO documentary opens up like a murder <laughs> case, but that's it because these because people t- took the time and really you know assess the evidence and talk to people in a way that you know law enforcement never has done, like really hasn't unless they are made to do it. So what's interesting to me is that, like I said, you you guys do both true crime and the paranormal and, you know, all sorts of stuff. What what's the common denominator there for you? Because obviously there is some some things in common, but one of them is, as we're saying, well, the cops got this thing wrong. And so people are solving this, you know, in their spare time. The other one is almost improvable. Right. When it comes to ghosts and and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the common denominator is like. uh weird history i guess now like i think we used we tried it we used to do like a thing where it was like uh seeing um history comedic you know comedy and history through place or like something where it was like a little bit more elegant but nowadays i think we got kind of burned out like burned out on haunted stuff because it felt like a lot of the haunted things got a little repetitious so we were like let's expand it like it was always kind of you know abandoned places and weird history but i think now it's like it's kind of a free-for-all like one of my favorite episodes was one that we did, which I'm not even sure if it's real, uh, like a real thing. It was uh, like a possessed vending machine that I <laughs> read about. And it was like such a fun, I, again, it's in Japan somewhere. I don't know if it's real. Like I just pieced together like the evidence of this. And I was like, is this some Japanese creative writing students? Like story? <laughs> I don't know, but stuff like that, where it feels like it is, offbeat history or telling a story in a different way or you know something that might be interesting um yeah it's very broad 
So <laughs> there's, in short, there's not a huge amount of through line to what we do these days. Well, one thing I think that's so interesting is that if you look at the podcast list of of uh, the most popular uh, categories of podcasts, number two is the one that I'm in, which is health and wellness. That's sort of the big catch-all. Ooh. You know, I do mental health substance use. Yeah. But number one is true crime and paranormal and all these sort of things. And it's almost it's, – it's the common denominator between these is – psychology it's the, the thinking it's the thought process around humans what we believe what we do it, it's so fascinating to me that those two are the number one and number two category yeah i mean it makes total sense i didn't even think about that that makes absolute total sense to me it is they're part and parcel with one another i you know i think about my mental health and like going back and how you know i i do i think it's it's this like idea of of getting what you need through other people's stories well so let's get into that because that's actually one of the things one of the reasons i invite you on not just because i'm a big fan of yours in the show but one of the things that you do which is the only show i know who does this that doesn't talk about mental health is that you and jason have halfway through every show a mental health moment you have a you stop (laughs) you say how are we doing how are you doing Uh you know People tell us, you know, and you actually ask your listeners, say, tell us how you're doing. We want to hear from you. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to make it sound so amazing that you're asking people how they're doing. But it is. I mean, this is, like I said, the only show that I listen to that does that. So why was that a thing that was so important for you guys to do? Um, well, I think that's a, I think with all I think we feel like assholes if we're talking about true crime or like something again, like mental health related and and of that same, like cut from that same cloth in, in certain ways and not be like, all right, let's take a break from this um, bus where everyone got stabbed. How are you? <laughs> you know, like, I think it feels disingenuous to not be like, all right, let's like ground this in. We, we all get it. We're all listeners. We're all here to listen to this specific content. But like, you're right. It's very connected. So let's like shift gears a little bit, take a breather. It's usually after like a pretty charged, like we just recorded yesterday and you know, it's like a family gets murdered. Okay, we got to stop this. Like, we're comedians. So finding that line can be tough. But I think giving a little breather to everyone to be like, are you okay? Am I okay? Like what happened to us all this week? Uh, feels like a good, a good thing. And Jason and I both, you know, I think like mental health has always been on the forefront of, you know, our own creative process and how we relate to each other a lot of the time. So it, yeah, it feels really important. Is it hard at times to leave it, you know, sort of leave it on the field? You know, is it is it tough when you guys get done recording to be like, whole, you know, the bus where everybody gets stabbed to leave that there and not take that anxiety back with you? Yeah. And we've had people I don't think we've we've talked about this in the podcast, but people who have been connected to these cases uh, have reached out to us and in, in many ways, in ways where they're like, thank you. Um, for, you know, being gentle with this and in ways where they're like, fuck you, like this is my family. And so I think that is, I think that feels the hardest to me because all of the stuff, all of our research is not, you know, it's all online we just Google stuff. So like, it's not like the research isn't available to everyone else to create a episode or to write something about it. Um, we're not privileged in that way at all. So I think it's really hard coming out of an episode and then being like, who will respond to this? And and how have we done our due diligence in making sure that the story is, you know, we weren't being too harsh or crass or insensitive, but also creating, you know, an interesting thing for readers to listen to and feel 
made aware of, I guess. So that's, that's definitely hard. You're like, Ooh, who's gonna, what are, okay. Did it go? Okay. <laughs> How do you respond when someone who is intimately connected mm-hmm. reaches out? That would, that would be tough. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, respectfully, like it is hard. I can't imagine I have never been a victim of violence in the way that a lot of the people and that we talk about and their relatives and their friends and family have. And, and I just completely acknowledging that, um, is the first thing. And also like, what can we do? Do they want to record something? Do they want us to redact something? How can we make it as authentic as we can to their experience and respectful to their experience? Um, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we take something down. Sometimes we, you know, put in a disclaimer or or say something specifically about the person who reached out or, you know, not at all. Sometimes they just want to be heard. And that's amazing, too. Um, it's just it's a responsibility, I think, that I don't think a lot of people realize. And we didn't really. I mean, we did in that, like, I think we're generally nice, and respectful people, but it is. It's a responsibility. And podcasting, too, is its own animal because it's not. You know, we we put our sources in there and we try our best to really be authentic to whatever we're talking about. But yeah, we're talking, you know, we're making jokes, we're, you know, piecing together this story. And like sometimes, you know, we're we're not as aware as we should be. Yeah, I yes, it is tough. There are times I put out episodes and I just cross my fingers that nobody yeah. is going to be, you know it's not going to trigger anything. And I have on a couple of occasions when I'm recording my intro to say like, just a heads up, you know, it got real at a couple of moments with this yeah. interview and the person really opened up and, and just, you know, be, if you're feeling not ready for this, just be, be aware. Yeah. And that's a huge responsibility that I'm sure you share. Like the idea of mental health and, and doing justice to, to these incredibly charged topics. It's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot, yes, um, and, and and that's what again one of the reasons that I really love that you and Jason do that is that you know it, it, my wife sometimes makes fun of me when I say something and she's like, uh, "Is that real or did that happen on a single true crime podcast you listened to?" And now you're nervous about it, you know. <laughs> but but it's almost like you keep peeling back the curtain a little bit and a lot of what's back there. It's not pretty. No, not at all. And we're just keeping it together. You're like, got to clean that curtain, get it. (laughs) Holy shit. Back there is a literal nightmare or even stuff too. It's like stuff where I was like, yeah, I I got that buttoned up. And then like, you know, 14 years later, you're like, nope, nope. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, before we continue, let's pause and I'll give you a chance to shout out where people can follow you, shout out the show and all the good stuff. Great. You can follow me at Rebecca Lieb. Uh, That's at R-E-B-E-C-C-A-L-E-I-B. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's on Facebook, I guess. Do you use Facebook? Sure. People do. Um, And then Ghost Town Pod. It's at Ghost Town, G-H-O-S-T. T-O-W-N, pod, P-O-D, and that's our email too. Um, yeah, those are those are pretty much the places you can find us. I'm pretty available. Not too available, but a little available. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that it's not the only thing I do. Choose Your Struggle is an entire brand. I speak, I coach and consult. I have rock bottom storytellers. There's a lot going on. 
And sometimes I get to a project and I go, man, I just, I can't do all of this myself. So I turn to Fiverr. It's so easy to find incredible professionals who can help me out. I've hired people to help with marketing, help with SEO, help with my website, so much great stuff all on Fiverr. I even found Kid Mental who did the incredible theme song on Fiverr. So if you have a project that you need some help on, go check out Fiverr. Use the link in the show notes or my podcast website and you'll help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Enjoying the podcast? Consider supporting it on Patreon. You'll get behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, extra bonus content, and best of all, a way to interact with me, your host. You'll also get discounts on merch like tank tops and magnets and all the other services I provide, like booking me to speak, coach or consult, or even advertise here on the podcast. Check it out in the show notes or in patreon.com slash choose your struggle. Plans start at as little as $3.40 a month, and all the money goes right into the podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do want to say before we continue, I should have said this in the beginning. I probably will on the intro as well. I am a Patreon supporter, so there is a conflict oh. of interest here with with Ghost Town. <laughs> I am a huge fan and financially yeah. a supporter. So oh, that's so I sweet. Have that's to so put nice. that out there for the oh. listeners. That's right. Know. I sent you a pin. I remember you did. I love <laughs> it. I and you know what? Honestly, like I do, I have a Patreon. I'm not as active as I should, but y'all do it really well so oh uh, thanks not me at all i mean most any marketing is really jason <laughs> so I'll Except for your your tarot card readings that was that yeah. was the thing that you did it's true and i was thinking about doing that again but i also that's hard to again it's another like strange job that i've done in my past <laughs> where i'm like like this year i feel like with clients that i've tarot clients they want it too badly and you're just like oh i don't i don't want to be responsible for like any like this year is bad enough uh, well, so I think it's really interesting that, you know, so the, the the paranormal, right, and tarot, these are all things that there's a lot of stigma. And it's literally behind me. And my, my listeners don't know this, but I <laughs> guess that it my, my hashtag and the stigma is behind me on, on, on these recordings. You know, that's one of the things that I talk about a lot is stigma around things that um, a lot of people – either I don't want to say normal because that's such a hard word, but mm -hmm. it is very normal to believe in paranormal. And in fact, I, I looked this up just to see for myself and the la latest surveys found that 60% of uh, United States citizens believe that there's intelligent life in the galaxy and 50% believe in ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. those are solid numbers. And yet it's easy to, to get made fun of if you're like, yeah, I believe in ghosts, I believe whatever, right? I mean, it, it's a common, oh, this guy's crazy, you know? Yeah. And so I think tarot goes in that and, and there's all sorts of stuff. Why do you think that is that, that, you know, belief in these other things that we can't explain, whether it's ghosts, alien, whatever, and, yeah. and being called crazy sort of go hand in hand still today? Well, I think it's because you know, there's ideas that are crazy, like some elements of religion, but they are couched safely in religion, in this institution, you know? And I think 
ghosts and paranormal stuff and alien visitations. Although I think some Israeli government official just was like, yeah. So maybe yeah. that will change. I, he was like, I <laughs> talked to them and they were quite frankly like, y'all ain't ready for this shit yet. And so we're not coming. <laughs> It was oh it was wild. That it was a wild day. story. Oh, I yeah. love that. Oh, alien. I mean, I'm real deep in aliens right now. Um, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I think that that stuff. It's like if it's not government or institutionally sanctioned, it feels. And and again, I'm talking about religion. I'm talking about education. I'm talking about all of these things where it feels acceptable, like medical. You know, the medical community. The sorry, the Western medical community. I will say. I I think that. You know, we like my parents too. You know, it's just the idea of my parents, and they know that I do tarot, but like, you know, I think in general, all of this is to make us feel better and to help us make sense of the world. But I think a lot of people need that institution to say that it's okay to believe in or to say, and a lot of, you know, you think about Catholicism um, or, you know, you know, Santeria or different. Um, communities who who have kind of folded in ghosts and uh, different supernatural elements to their religious viewpoints, I think that that is much more acceptable and it's much more culturally acceptable and feels better. And again, I think this, we have a very puritanical perspective where, uh, you know, Americans were of puritanical ilk. So we don't, we kind of shy, shy away from that because it feels mysterious to us or it feels you know, like it's something that we can't really reconcile with the rest of our worldview, whereas other people don't have that same uh, conflict. I think the religion point's a very good one because it always makes me laugh when someone believes the Bible to be the word, which exactly. means Jesus came back from the dead. Mm -hmm. But ghost, hell no, man, there's no ghost. Mm -hmm. What? Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> You're talking about the same thing. Yeah. One is in a book that a bunch of people wrote and one is online you know like once yeah. on reddit <laughs> or the other one that's like yeah i'll believe it when i see it and then yeah. there are some things that can't be explained and they're like oh no 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 that's faked well yeah at this point you just don't want to believe right yeah. i mean if if you're going to, to this length and again that can be aliens it can be anything where I personally think it's real selfish to think we're the only people in this galaxy. We're the only intelligent things. You look out there at all those stars and it's real selfish to say, no, I know we are the only ones. That's yeah. ridiculous. I know. And I think too, like um, Jared Diamond, who I'm a huge fan of, he writes about intelligent life in his book, The Third Chimpanzee, and talks about how we just have to open our minds to it not being the way our culture says right. that it should look too like it could be mold growing you know it could be there could be all different types of scenarios where there's life on different planets and like we just can't we don't have the capacity like like seeing a color that's not on the you know in the rainbow or on the color spectrum it's like our brain can't even compute that that right. would even be a thing so like we have to be open to that possibility also who does it hurt that you believe it? it's like i always feel like it's like a personal affront to people when they're like no way man and it's like you're not affected by this, I don't think. That same survey said that only 60%, it was 50% believe there's intelligent life, but only 60% believe there's life in the universe, which has already been proven to be true. Like <laughs> that we, but to your point, it's not the way that some people conceptualize life, right? I mean, a, uh, you know, organisms from outer space, they wouldn't consider a life. 40% of people literally would not call that life yeah. despite it literally being life. Alive, yeah. I know. I it's it it's again. It just it feels a lot like like masks and like you know just so much hypocrisy around the way that we do things. Where it's like, no, what what do you mean? Like, how does how can this exist and this not? Like, they work together. They're in conjunction right. together.
Yeah, again, and I think it's that distrust of science that unfortunately all, all too often goes hand in hand with religion, yeah. uh, where, you know, so right before this, I, I was reading about this whole thing with Joni Ernst. And, and for those listening, we're recording this, you know, at the end of December, uh, where the, the first vaccines are being rolled out. And one of the first people to get it was Joni Ernst, the uh, our, one of our famous politicians who uh, was for months saying it was a hoax. Yeah. Uh, and so people are rightfully up in arms going like, you actually led to people dying. How dare you get this thing now? Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, right. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, and yet we're we're still being conditioned to not believe scientists. And it's just it's so harmful and it plays right into these things. But then on the flip side of that is there are some scientists who will say, well, I, I can't believe in ghosts until I can prove it. And by its very nature, it's almost unprovable. Yeah. Well, also, again, the idea of a ghost, like. A, ooh, a sheet, you know, like a sheet ghost. You think about this like Victorian idea of what a ghost is, like a little candlestick or something. Like, no, like, like a lot of it feels very like energy related. I think a lot of this stuff feels very like energy related. Um, and again, I have a lot of mixed feelings. And Jason, and I've talked a lot about the idea of ghosts and, and belief systems. But the idea of like, can you wrap your head around the fact that like there is energy that we can, we haven't been able to measure? that exists in the world between people, you know, between planets, whatever. Like we've, we've discovered that with all different types of other things like sound waves, you know, Um, just the transference of matter. Um, Like there's stuff that we still don't understand. That could be something, you know, like kind of opening your mind in that way. And and, uh, it feels like it's not that hard to rationalize. Well, I think open-minded is the right way to, to, to put it. You know, it's being open to there being things we don't understand. That's all. That's all you have to do yeah. is being like, is being willing to admit there are things that I cannot understand. And, yeah. and it makes me think back to like the, the wow signal, right? Which is a really yeah. famous uh, paranormal case for people who don't get into this. It's a it's a signal that came from outer space that blew away this one astronomer who, who found it. And people said, well, this is an alien signal. And someone, no, it's not. You know, it, we don't know where it came from. By definition, it is literally an alien signal. We have no idea where it came from. It's a signal that came from outer space. That's all we know. And so people will try to explain this away. Why? It's it's okay to say we don't know. Both in things as big as this and as small as someone asks you a question, it's okay to say the words, I don't don't know. No, we can't live in this ambiguous space. Like it's so hard. I I don't get it. I think I'm just talking about like, Westerners or Americans, maybe it's so hard for us to live in this ambiguous space. That's not like a strict stance on something. And it's not like, you know, this or that, that it's, we should, I mean, we should do that more. We should exercise that more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And being okay with the unknown, I think is a thing that is much more common in this space that we're talking about. Right. I mean, people who believe in these things that are bigger than us and sometimes whether it's religion and those people are more accepting and not the closed, you know, button down type of religion you and I were talking about previously, or things like paranormal, it's being okay with not knowing. Yeah. And that's, again, I think that's really, really hard for people. And and part of that, I think, then makes it easier to understand why so many people buy into things like conspiracy theories, because occasionally they come true. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, the one I always point at is MK Ultra, which for a long time, the fact that our government was, was experimenting with psychedelics and trying to brainwash people, really? that's just a conspiracy. No, that was literally true for a yeah. long time. And so then you hear that and it's, it's understandable when people say, oh, well, this is, you know, a 
quote unquote conspiracy theory today, but it's going to be proved later. Sometimes that's true. A lot of times it's not, you know, QAnon ain't happening. I'm sorry. QAnon is the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, like it's so vague where of course any outcome is going to, it's just that, yeah, Q, that is honestly, it's a dangerous thing because it can be, it's so, the misinformation is so pervasive and can fit into so many different outcomes that you can't, I mean, feels that way politically in a lot of ways too, where it's like, we meant to do that. And you're like, so what? So then what? <laughs> now what? Well, and that's the fine line between wanting this thing to be so tr- true so strongly that you do some really downright dangerous things that is happening in the QAnon movement or the um, Proud Boys movement, or the sort of the, the, the flip side of that, the, the, the peace-loving side is just being okay that things aren't tied up in neat little bows and being okay with uncertainty. And that can be very hard. And you feel for those people who cannot accept that, but, but nothing in life is certain. That's literally the only thing that is certain. And that's one of the things that I love, you know, again, about the, the whole subject of the, you know, shows like yours is that often you have a show where it doesn't, there's no outcome. You know, you re- you relate the, the 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 case as it is, but there's no nice tidying up at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's the messiness of it all, and that's also, I mean, it, it's unsatisfying on a lot of levels, but it also opens up, I think, opportunities for people to have dialogues around it. Like we love it when people kind of you know write in with their own theories about things or their own connections to things. Um, that's really exciting that we can continue that and hopefully like, you know, be productive about what we thought happened in something or give ourselves some kind of, you know, closure is kind of like a cliche term, but something along those lines. I know you did one live show before. Is that a thing that you're going to do again in, in when things, you know, reopen? I, we would love to. I mean, I think right now we're, we've got some other things some projects in development that are a little bit more COVID friendly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's been a dream of both of ours to do that. We have had fans reach out to us, and that's been really great to hear. Um, I think ideally we would do like a giant tour, and then like have the tours be in you know unconventional theater spaces. Then I could do like a tour of the play. I, yeah, I think we have all these like grand ideas that we'd be so excited to do. It's just a matter of doing them, being able to do them. I think this is something that's probably more inside baseball. How was that experience doing it live? What was that like? It was amazing. Also, my parent, my dad was in town. And so I had some family there too, which I'm sure, I don't know if you have a similar experience where it's like, your family's like, what is this? Is this radio? It's a radio show. How do I t- tune in? Um, so my dad and also uh, the show what was, yeah, it was really fun. It was, I had a personal connection because uh, my grandfather and uh, great grandparents are buried in Hollywood forever. So it was Hollywood forever and Paramount. Jason loves that stuff. I think it was really fun to interact with a crowd. Um, it gives, it gives, cause we, you know, Jason and I are together a lot. <laughs> like we know how to play off each other and it's just us in a vacuum, but it was really fun having people there and, and getting some response. And also showing people, because there was a slideshow component to it, to showing people the visuals of it, which when we do that on the podcast, it's like Google, um, this family, you know, it's like Google this picture from 1912. If you could, could you? And so it was just nice having that additional um, visual element. 
Well, uh, I really appreciate you being here. Before we get into the final questions, let's take one more pause. Shout out where people can follow you and all all that. Yeah, at Rebecca Lieb, at Ghost Town Pod. Uh, my last name is L-E-I-B and Ghost Town with Pod at the end. You'll find us. If you Google Ghost Town Pod, you'll you'll get there. I I believe in you. One of your running jokes that I loved is for a long time you couldn't remember the Patreon. Oh no, it, I can't. I still am not sure. I mean, I can. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Ghost Town Pod. Got it. Uh, Jason, two years. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so the final two questions I always end with are these. Number one, um, you know, not just during COVID, but obviously right now, especially, what are your self care habits? That's a great question. Um, I got into breath work. I actually just came back from the desert a couple days ago. I got very into breath work for a while, which is kind of the over oxygenation of your brain um, in a way that feels like very meditative and it's kind of intense. So I've been doing a lot of that, uh, not to sound as white woman as I ever could. Um, I also cook a lot. Like I kind of cook obsessively, which is really fun and great. Um so those are the two big things that come to my mind. I should work out a little bit more. I'm going to try to get into that. That's always really good for your mental health and brain functioning. Um, and yeah, I think those are the big ones. Uh, final question. You know, we've spent the last 40 plus minutes listening to why you're awesome and everybody should go follow you and all your work. But who are some people that you're reading, that you're listening to, that, you know, that have had incredible influences on you that we should all go check out? Um, oh my gosh, there's there's so many. Uh, I just finished Susan Burton's book, uh, Empty, and that's actually about uh, anorexia. Again, light reading. Um, it's about it's a memoir of hers. She's a an NPR producer. She's incredibly talented. Um, her memoir is incredible. I also have been binging Royal Blood, um, a history podcast. Uh, I forget exactly who it's through, but you can you can find it. Um, and it's about essentially like royal historic stories of, of interest. That's great. Um, what else have I been? Uh, season 30 something, a big brother. So you got to get that, um, get that reality TV junk food in. Also Bachelorette, of course. Um, yeah. And, and of course, the, the, the crown. Incredible. So I'm, I'm into it all. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Everybody go check out Ghost Town. It's a great show. It's one of my favorites. I don't miss either. You have two episodes a week. Neither one do I miss. Oh, thanks so much. If you listen to the podcast, and of course you do because you're hearing this right now, you know that I always ask my guests what their preferred method of self-care is. Well, here's my answer. A good cup of coffee. This year has truly made me appreciate the little things that make my life better, and a good cup of coffee goes a long way. That's why I switched to Four Sigmatic and I haven't gone back. They use mushrooms in their beans, and it gives me a kick in the morning that I didn't know I needed before, and now I miss if I have anything other than Four Sigmatic. Once you give them a try, trust me, you're not gonna wanna go back. So go check out the link in my show notes or on my podcast website. And use the code CHOOSEYOURSTRUGGLE, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off. Check out Four Sigmatic today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. All right.
right. We've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of season two. It was great to be back with you all. I missed it. I missed doing this. I missed hearing from you all. So please reach out. Let me know, like I said earlier, what you like about the new formats, the new soundtrack, the new theme song, all the good stuff. Let me know if there's something missing that you think that I cut that you, that you miss. You know, I know that uh, obviously the big thing is the shout out, which will be back for some episodes, not all, like I said when I was talking about what the second season will look like. And and in the future, I obviously won't be talking about all the new stuff <laughs> on the show. So the the intro will contain, you know, more stories from me and other things. So uh, that change is coming as well. Now, staying consistent with last season, I am, of course, going to do a card and good egg. And so let's go ahead and start with the cards brought to you by Blurt, as always. It being the new year and all, we are focused on New Year's resolutions or, or, or all, the, all the thinking around what to change with the new year and all that kind of stuff. But the most important thing you can do is continue to believe in yourself. So we're going to go ahead with the Believe in Yourself card pack, of course, brought to you by Blurt. The first card of this year. When the good times roll around, because they will, maybe not as quickly or as often as we'd like, know that you are worthy and deserving of them in their entirety. A hundred quadrillion percent worthy. And that's a lot. That's a, that's a fun card. And that's a good mantra to take into the new year. You know, uh, I was on an interview just yesterday where I was talking about this thing that our brain does, where we remember a hundred negatives to every positive and the evolutionary response that that is. But at the same time, it doesn't really serve us anymore. And it just creates anxiety. And, and, and this card is worthy because it reminds us that we are worthy of the good things that come down, that it's easy to discount yourself. And there are, you know, there's luck, there's, there's privilege, there's opportunity and all that. But at the same time, those things can only open a door, they can't keep the door open. So Hard work and, and believing in yourself and, and doing what you know you can do is incredibly important. All right, your good egg for this week. In Cincinnati, Ohio, where I am from, there is a really awesome comic, very local to Cincinnati in, in, in the setting, but at the same time, the story transcends. Uh, now, I've, I've gotten to know one of the creators, Jay, also Jay, and, and he's a great guy. I have their first comic. Uh, I just happened to meet him when the first one came out, and I and I picked it up. It's it's awesome. You all know I don't really listen, uh, read many comics uh, other than Star Wars comics, which I've talked about before. But I really like their comic. It's called Messed, and, and it's pretty awesome. I do want to give them a shout out. The <laughs> the 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 focus of the comic is a sewer worker named Lilliput who goes into the underworld, and you can get it digitally for free which is a really interesting and fun way to read comics if you you know if you want the story without having to buy it i tried digitally i read a a, a different comic not long ago uh the umbrella academy big fan of seasons 1 and 2 i uh, can't wait for season 3 to come out uh and i wanted to check that out so i'm definitely going to go check out messed digitally and that's your good egg for today is, is go support them. I know that the, the pandemic has been hard on a lot of people, but it's especially been hard on them. You know, he, Jay was telling me that they make a lot of their money from comic shows and comic cons and all that kind of stuff. And that didn't happen this year, much like my speaking opportunities tanked. 
Uh, I can only imagine what it was like for them. So go to mestcomics.com. That's M-E-S-S-E-D comics, C-O-M-I-C-S.com for your free digital comic. And let me know what you, what you think. Let's compare notes. I really love Lilliput. She's awesome. So go check them out. That's your good egg. But as always, the most important thing you can do this week, the most important thing, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.